So I'm just just gonna start it, just like a regular convo. What's going on? It's your man DH. We're back for another episode of Regular Convos, episode two, episode two, and we got a new friend to the show. I want y'all to welcome my friend, my producer, the guy that found me, my man, Mr. Dorian Davis. Dorian, what's up, man? Hey y'all, how y'all doing? I, by the way, I'm an old friend. I'm just new to the show. <laughs> right, old friend, new friend to the show. That's good. I like that. I like that. Dorian, if y'all didn't know is the creator, uh, one of the co-writers, and the producer of a great new upcoming show called Brunch and the series that I'm a part of. A lot of young uh, millennials, a lot of talented people uh, are a part of, and I had to bring him on the show because we're going to talk about a little entertainment stuff today, so I had to bring him on, uh, and I'm going to give him a chance to talk about Brunch and the series, which which is near and dear to my heart, and I'm I'm only yeah. a character. I'm not even a, a creator of the show. <laughs> hey, you making some lines up? You be having it? I do. I do have. I, can I get my writer's credit? For, I, um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's up. But Dorian, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad you can be here, man. How you feeling on this snow day today, bro? I'm good, man. It's I'm glad to be home yeah. inside, not out in the cold. Um, as y'all all know, I do not like the cold. Those who know me, so it's good to be inside the house teleworking. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited about this, this snow day and just getting some, some work done and some other things done. It's crazy what you can get done when you're just in the house. Man. But time go by fast, though, huh? I know I woke, up, I woke up late and I had breakfast and then I was like, oh, it's time to record. So. See, look, right. Is that, but, hey, I was up since like 7, seven o'clock. I was still on, you know, Regular real time. work time. Right, trying to get up and stuff. And I was like, let me, let me, you know, see what I can do, do a workout in the house or whatever. And then started working in early breakfast. So it's been a good day. Yeah, man. It's it's productive. And we're getting some, some regular convos recorded, man. Uh, that'll be on all uh, streaming platforms. Anywhere you can go to listen to podcasts, just look up regular convos and it'll be there. Episode one is already archived there. And that that's where we had Christina on the show where she uh, dropped some knowledge about some brands and whatnot. So you can check that out there and episode two will be up shortly which is this one with my man dorian davis and before we get into it man we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about what we're gonna get into today we're gonna talk about brunch and the series we're gonna talk about my man jesse because that's that whole situation let's talk about it that situation is involved we're gonna hold that to later though we gotta put him on a cliffhanger we gotta set him up for that. And well, he has gonna, us on the cliffhanger all right <laughs> and we're gonna talk about steve and monique which is a hot topic right now, even though it's about a week old now. It's still a hot topic because it brings up a lot of uh, different uh, gender issues as far as conversations uh, that are had in entertainment and just regular conversations that you may have, which is what we're having, a regular convo. So we're going to chop it up and talk about it. Before we begin, Dorian, tell me about Brunch and the Series, man. I'm excited. First of all, I'll say this. I'm excited. Everybody that knows me that knows I'm on that show is excited. Tell me how you like even brought this whole idea together, man. Yeah, so, I mean, so once again, everyone, uh, Brunch in the Series is a web series that um, uh, we're dropping soon, um, six-episode web series that talks about the life of and experiences of six young Black millennials in D.C. Um, and really goes through, you know, what what, what do we deal with, you know, whether it's career-wise, relationship, family, um, a lot of the issues, you know, we attack some things such as mental health and things like that as well, and expectations um, that we have with our families. And you know, uh, this series is something we just really want to do because we really felt like there wasn't really a a show um, for um, young Black people living in D.C. and P.G. County. Um, and it's amazing to me because 
is one of the most uh, black populated areas in the United States. Sure PG is. County is what the wealthiest uh, black community wealthiest black uh, county like in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, why don't we have something that represents that? So um, I kind of came up with the idea for the show um, a, a long time ago, a couple of years ago, but uh, really started putting it together um, in 2017 when I moved here to D.C. Um, because I had a group of friends who kind of this show is loosely based off of. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know, I always said, I wish we had a reality show. Like, I wish there were cameras around watching everything that we went through. <laughs> right. Um, because, and I feel like everybody has that experience with their group of friends. And um, we really wanted to make a show that just um, people can relate to um, on multiple levels. And that's why we kind of focus it around brunch. Because when you think of Black millennials in D.C., brunch is the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> right, so, right, right. So, yeah. So, you know, we just really wanted to make something with that. And then kind of pull together uh, a great team of people. Um, a great production team, Addie J, who's one of my dear friends from college, who is one of the dopest videographers I've ever met. Oh, um, Dorian, I got to stop you, man. Yeah, go ahead. She is phenomenal, man. And I know a lot of times, all right, so I'm of the the thinking, man, like I could never, you can never gas your friends up enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I gas my friends up regardless. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I want them to be, I want them to succeed. But with Addie, Man, I seen some stuff she working on, and then some of the some of the other projects that she got going on right now. I mean, it's a big deal, you know what I mean. So I definitely take every opportunity like to share her stuff, uh, or to uh, put somebody on to her, cause I mean the stuff is great, and you probably want to get it now while you can. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> well, you might be able to afford it right now, but in a couple years, yeah. you ain't gonna be able to get in touch with her. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's going to take off, and I want to do a quick plug for her. Um, 4MXM is one of the brands that she works with and and, and, and really celebrates, um, which is for millennials by millennials, um, uh, which is a great platform for people our age who are trying to um, get their talents out there and things like that. And she also does DMV certified. So she's working on a lot of great projects. So I was definitely thrilled when she agreed to work on Brunch and with me. Um, and she's just a dope uh, a Black woman director, which we don't get to see a lot right. of because of access issues and things like that. Um, and then also uh, my co-writer and showrunner, Will, who is super dope. Um, uh, William, he he's here. He's from uh, PG County and uh, has just done a great job helping write this story, helping pull the cast together to make, um, just make, make an amazing show as a showrunner. Um, and then, of course, got to give a shout out to my girl, Andrea, um, who hey, um, is our uh, production manager. And she um, she really holds it down. She has a lot of great experience. So, you know, we really built like a core team um, out of this um, and then got an amazing dope cast, which, as you know, Darren's a part of, um, who Thank really, you, I mean, the chemistry is outstanding. Like, since we first got you guys, you guys have been great. So I'm just really excited to see how the show kind of comes together. We also have a great production team. Um, which has so many people that I can't even shout out everybody, but um, you know, I I definitely always show them love. I mean, and a great supporting cast as well. So the show is just is I mean, it's really a conglomerate of great people, and we really can't wait to share it with you all. It's gonna be funny as hell. Um, really can't wait. It's jokes all around, but it also has some great underlying stories and concepts that um we really hope push the conversation on a lot of black issues. You know what? I'll say this, man. Just of course, being a being an actor, you're privy to the whole season. So, I remember just reading through and just being like, "Wow!" Like, first of all, is it's good to be if it felt good to be a part of something that's from the ground up, right? Mm -hmm. um, something that's growing. 
and then to like read some of the story arcs with some of the characters and how things are going you like wow like people really put some good time and energy in it and normally when you're when you're when you're thinking about people who do freelance and people who don't really have no experience in the business you don't expect the quality so that's the mm-hmm. one thing that i said when i read it i was like wow like this feel like a real show you know what i mean it is a real show you know what i mean but i'm yeah. like this felt this feels really legit and then just like even a part of the the whole process um like I love it, man. This and of course, you know, acting is one of my one of my passions. So just to be on set mm-hmm. and just being able to uh, hang out like we're doing right now, uh, it's it's just cool, man. It's just cool. And like you said, the cast, man. You would think, honestly, and I'll say this to y'all. All right, we having a regular convo, so we're just gonna keep it a hundred. You would think that these that everybody's knew each other for like years. Years. Like, that's that's how it seems. It's it's crazy because, like. I'm literally known these people and you. Uh, well, we've been friends for a long, long, a long, long time. Long me mm-hmm. and you've been friends, <laughs> but like we really only known these people like under a year. Under you know, a year, yeah. People's birthdays, everybody for the most part comes out. You know, people have events. You know, people are a part of. People are really invested in uh, helping each other's brands grow. Because even outside the show, we all have our own stuff going on. So right. everybody's invested. You just release what. Uh, I, I had an album. EP, what you want to call it, album? Man, I, I had a, <laughs> shoot an album, taking pictures, like everything, man. Just just doing a bunch, and I, and people and y'all have really been integral in that part, like really helping me get to a different audience. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and that's what I think. That's what I think this really brings. It brings a lot of creatives that are really all for the goal of trying to take that next step. You know what I mean? We yeah. all work jobs. I think Addie may be the only one who does what she does full time, but yeah. everybody else. I mean, we work like nine to fives. So right. like to be able to come together and record and then like really be invested in each other, man, that's one of the things I love. And it's black, man. It's black. like, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm 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 going for anybody black, like Issa said, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm down for that. So I really, I really rock with that. And I really like that about the cast. And I think y'all did a great job with bringing everybody together. Right. I mean, and I appreciate those words. And I think that one thing that's important, you hit on a good thing about, you know, how we seem like we've known each other forever. And I think one thing that I've really learned is that chemistry is just very important in whatever space you're in. Um, so mm-hmm. understanding people, um, understanding each other and loving on each other is just very important, especially in a work environment like this when you're creatives, because everybody has a story, everybody has experiences, and you want to make sure that um, as a creator and as a producer that we bring those into what we're creating. So one thing that me and Will always talked about was that what what you guys experience and what you guys have been through will be put into the show. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that kind of develop throughout um, the series. And I can't wait for people to kind of see it. And people who know you all personally will say, oh, yeah, you had a little touch on this, didn't you? And, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it's going to be amazing to see. Um, and also just the fact that we spend so much time together. I mean, um, I'm new to this. So this is my first major project. Um, I've been a writer for a long time, but this is my first project ever took into production and kind of doing it myself we're all funded i mean our project is completely funded by small donations um you know we raised what over ten thousand dollars during our first campaign so just seeing the love and support that we've gotten and 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 seeing the hard work that everybody has on set pre-production post-production is just honestly fantastic and i couldn't be more grateful for the team that i've been blessed with man i'm gonna tell you the whole Kickstarter process really showed me a lot that if you got just a few people in your circle that really rock with you, like mm-hmm. they'll support you because, and I, and I'll say this, like even like to raise the amount of money that we raise with like 
little to no content. Like we didn't have a teaser reel or we didn't have like any shorts or we didn't have any uh, like any like like not anything that because I know me personally, like when somebody say I'm starting something, you know, I want to sample like give me a little bit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And to have that and to have people really just really rock with you like people just do it on the strength for you, man. Like that was a big deal. That's how I let me know. I was like, at the end of the day, this show is going to be something because yeah. there's people who like really put put their bread into it and really put their faith in us. Yeah, and we've been through too much for it not to go nowhere. <laughs> so, right. You know, we really, and, and, and just a quick plug, we'll be, um, a good amount of our cast and crew will be at um, um, the Black Film Festival in Miami in June. Um, so it's just another great opportunity for us to get out there and promote. Um, you know, definitely please follow the show on Instagram um, at Brunch and Series. Um, and we are still looking for people who are interested in supporting in any way as far as um, cast or crew. So you can always email us at brunchandseries at gmail.com. Um, so there's a lot of ways to get involved with the show. We really are doing this community-wide. People from DCPG, uh, we really want to get you involved. So just let us know. Hit us up. Yes, man. I've been telling people, look, man, like, how often do you get a chance to really, like, try and, like, be a part of something and to start, man? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people are on the wave too late. You know what I'm saying? Like, right yeah. now, you can get in right now. You get in while it's good. And then, you know, you on the way when it come up. You know, so, so I be trying to tell people, I'm like, look, this the time. This the yeah, time you get on while you can. Of. But yeah. also, it's never too late to start your own thing. And that's never. what I hope that this inspires people to do. I mean, we all have been, like I said, I, I never did this before. I'm a, I'm a government consultant. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, just graduated grad school, came from Indiana. So it's like, you know, you literally can start something as long as you have the willpower and as long as people can see your vision. So I just want to fire everybody, especially black creators, get out there and, you know, follow your dreams because it's it's possible. Absolutely, man. I agree with that. Now, sticking with um, the the theme and the show, what have been some of your high points and low points even throughout this process uh, in the beginning stages of trying to get everything off the ground? Right. So uh, let me start with the low points or like some some, a lot of the constructive points. So, um. I've learned a lot. I mean, this this process, whenever you start something like your baby, you're going to be humbled along the way. So, I mean, even when we were first starting out, um, there were a lot of, uh, of road bumps, um, even before we got like a cast and crew, um, that we had to kind of navigate, um, you know, everything from personal things going on in people's lives and, um, you know, having to uh, uh, change schedules so yeah. that we can make everything work. Um, you know, one of the biggest roadblocks was the funding piece in the beginning. Like we knew that we had to, um, you know, raise money in order to rent equipment because equipment, I mean, camera equipment ain't expensive. I mean, it's not cheap at all. Not um, at all, it's man. The opposite of that. Um, and we've got a pretty big show that we're trying to do with people with a whole lot of different schedules. Um, but the great thing about it was that, I mean, Darren, I don't know, you probably remember, we were probably 40 days into our, like, 50 day campaign and Lily yeah. had like 2000 out of $10,000. It was a photo finish, bro. For real. Right. And the gag was, if you did not raise all your money, you got none of it. Zero. So literally we were like, I remember I was coming back from King cause it was my birthday too. I was happy as hell. And I was, I saw the number and I was like, damn, we still got so much more to make. And literally we were like, I mean, we were really close to giving up, but I mean, I think thankfully I have a team that's not about that. And we yeah. were like, y'all, we can hit this. And we hit the ground running, um, sending out texts, sending out emails, um, getting Social out media. in the streets and just really like 
really spreading the word like we have to hit this goal y'all yeah and when i tell you we exceeded it i think we ended up hitting like close to twelve thousand. yeah um using kickstarter which is a great um a, a great program to use um, for crowdfunding um and we were just so proud and so excited like that we had um overachieved um our goal um and it just let me know that hey we can do this um and we have people who are supporting us and love us um enough to really believe in us and give their and, and provide and give us funding and give us resources Absolutely. um and as you know darian we've had so many times where it's like you know dang we think we're gonna have to pay for a venue we think we're not gonna be able to get it or they're not gonna work with us and, and we've literally gotten so many opportunities just because people believed in the vision yes, so man. you know i'm definitely thankful to everybody who's just been a resource um who has encouraged us who has um, giving us deals and opportunities that we would not have had if they did not believe in us. Absolutely, man. What What are some of the some of the high points, man? Like some of the some of the moments where I mean, just beside from what we said already, but it's like some of the moments where you like sat where you step back and was just like, wow, like this is really going on. Like, what are some? Can you, if you have any, can you share some of those? Yeah, man. I think it's like literally every time on set. Like, I, I and it's so funny because I'm I'm a very patient person. I'm mm-hmm. just a, a very non confrontational patient person and. You know, in set, it can get very um, um, hectic, just active because <laughs> yeah. you really, you know, you have your actors, you have your crew, you have your production. You're trying to manage a lot of things at once. And, you know, these are some long days. Like we were on set, uh, like our longest day on set might have been 12, 13 hours. Hair salon. Um, yeah, for some yeah. people, because you have crew who has to be there early set up and take down. Um, so you can be there from beginning to, to, to the end. And as the producer, I have to do that. So, um, you know, there were some days were just super long days. Um, and it's interesting because through it all, we joke through it, we laugh through it. And at the end of the day, you know, we come out hugging and laughing and, and going home and just sending a text to everyone saying, you know, you killed it that day or, or what you did was amazing. Like, Robel, the way you hold that boom mic, like you did that shit. <laughs> um, hey, he's the MVP and, uh, through two episodes, Loki. Right. It, it was just <laughs> like, you know, it, it's just great to have that um that group of people that family that says hey like you know it was long but we did it and i can't wait to see the product and i I think that once we all see this finished product um come later this year we're gonna just be just super thankful and super excited about the work that we've done because literally everybody has shown their ass and did a great job absolutely absolutely what are some of um I mean, I guess beyond the show itself, what are some of your uh, your personal like goals and aspirations as far as like in entertainment, maybe writing, producing? Like, what's uh, what's some other goals or some other projects you think you might want to work on or something that you feel like needs to be out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a I'm just a creator at heart. I mean, I've been a creator all my life. I'm an artist and a um and a writer um and now a producer. So um, of course, there's like a billion projects in my head or things that I've already written and want to work on um. But, you know, outside of Brunch Jam, one of the main things I want to do is really work on revitalizing um, the Black superhero and supernatural um, uh, concept of art. Um, I like that. Through art or through prose is something I'm really passionate about. I mean, I grew up on Marvel and DC and all that. And, you know, seeing a couple of Black faces and characters um, every now and then, but really trying to see, okay, how do we create a, um, a dynamic um concept of what the black supernatural universe looks like um so that's one of the big one of my main missions as a creative that i'm trying to work on um and i've got a, a couple things up my sleeve 
um, that'll be coming soon. Man, I was talking to my boy the other day. I said, I, okay, so this is maybe going off topic, but who cares? It's, it's our show. So I was thinking, I was like, why ain't Captain Marvel black, bro? Like, I was like, hey. I couldn't, like, to be uh, to be very honest. And I, Okay, let me let me just preface by saying this. Like, Break I don't, it down for him. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think, it's not the fact, it's not believable to me. Even watching the preview, like, Captain Marvel is just not believable to me that she's going to save, you know, if you haven't, by the way, if you haven't seen Avengers and don't know well, please, what I'm about to say. Then, now. Don't let them get mad at right. you. Right. Look, it's all right. Go look it up. It's on Netflix. But how is she going to save them from, from your man Thanos? You know, like, fam, I don't. I, I don't I this is highly not believable for me. I don't know. But I was just like, how could like I don't see no strength in her like, oh, this is gonna be the person to avenge everyone and save everybody? Like, come on, man. Hey, so so just to appease your white guests, let's just say you see a lot of strength in black women. There that's, we go. <laughs> that's how we go. That's it. I that's was I mean, I think I was I think I was I was working my way to that, but that's why you're one of the best producers because you like, look, just say the line. This is what the line is. You you know, you ain't got that's the line and you write. I yeah, agree. no, I mean, hey, that's how you do but I mean you but you bring up a great conversation and that's and that's what I that's what I agree with. I mean, I think that it's a, it's amazing to me how much um I don't want to say hype. I think hype is like a negative word, but the the reception, um, the great reception of Black Panther um, when it came out. I mean, I mean that literally took the world by storm. Storm, um, and rightfully storm. so. Rightfully so. I mean, Ryan Coogler, um, his whole team, the cast did an amazing job with it. But literally, all a lot of that support came from the fact that we do not see Black people represented in film especially in um like the supernatural superhero universe like yeah. that on such a dynamic level and you know we talk about in the entertainment industry how a lot of um black movies black shows things like that are trauma related um they they deal with black historical trauma so we talk about like um and even though outstanding films like your selma's your 12 years a slave which are great films um but what about the other stuff what about the other uh, uh, attributes of the black experience, like Moonlight, which is one of my favorite yeah, movies. That's a good um, and uh, I just think that um, we need more content like that. We need more content like your Moonlights, your If Bill Street Could Talk, your Black Panthers, um, shoot, your Olivia Pope's and Scandals, your High Get Away Murders, like those right. actresses and actors and creators who are creating this content um, that really pushes the envelope with the black story, the black narrative. Um, and, and there's a lot of people, um, Boots Riley, like all these people, creators who are out there doing this stuff. So, you know, there's a lot that we can uh, say about that. And I want to be a part of that, man. I mean, I think that's a great, I think that's a great, uh, comment you said, like for real, bro, like our history, definitely a lot of it has to do with the whole slavery thing, but I'm telling you, bro, like I, I'm, I'm I can't do too many more slave movies, man. Or like, yeah. or like too many oppressive movies. Cause all right, so me and wifey were trying to uh, figure out something to watch. This was like a couple months ago. And like, mm -hmm. I'm talking about, we got Hulu, Netflix, Prime, uh, like all this stuff. And I couldn't find anything to watch. And I was like, okay, Detroit. Because Detroit had just came out on, yeah. uh, on the streaming sites or whatever. So I was like, maybe you can watch that. And she was like, you want to? You know how you get? I was like, yeah, you right. Cause I get so irritated and agitated with stuff, mm -hmm. I, I can't do oppression, like especially with people that look like me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And we're talking about like this was like 
50 years removed. Like, my dad yeah. was born during this time, like, in the 60s when all this nonsense was going on. So, like, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to watch it sometimes. So, I definitely love the stories of uh, black people, like, being in positions of power and, like, you know, even, like, coming to America. That's my favorite movie of all time. Even though it's, yeah. you know, they're kings and queens, they, it's still funny. You know what I mean? And it's still, yeah. it really, it, I think it definitely represented black people in a light that they've never seen, you know, as kings and queens. Yep. Um, so I really like movies like that, and like you said, Black Panther. Any 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 movie where like black people are like, in control, and we're not the we're not the thug, we're not the the aggressor, uh, yep. we're not the driver or the you know or the fix it man. And there's no knock on any of those uh, occupations, but where we're like in positions of power and leadership, like that's what I want to yeah. see because that's the life that I'm living. Like that's what I want my kids, you know, one day to aspire to be is like on top so they need more good uh representation of that in tv and film you know what i mean right and and, and i mean you're completely right about that darian and the fact that also everybody's black experience is different um yeah. there's a new show on uh bet called boomerang yeah yeah um which uh is of course a, a kind of a re-adaptation of uh, the boomerang movie which was iconic with um uh, you know, Hallie Robin Givens and um, Eddie, Murphy. Eddie Murphy and Lena Waithe and Hallie are producing this and Ben the Rider, who's a show one of them, amazing, they're an amazing group of people. Um, uh, one of my friends actually um, was a writing assistant on it. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's super dope to see that like the theme of it is almost like there's there's more than one way to be black. Yeah, And it shows the variety of the black experience in, in this past episode, episode three, which was dope. They talked about um, power and how power is such an integral part of the black experience. And they relate it to sex, they relate to film and entertainment, they relate it to um, uh, gender. Um, and, and there's so much in that. So I just think like us pushing the envelope within the black community is just so important. And, you know, bringing it back to brunch, like, you know, I hope that's what we can do with the show. Um, and I hope that we can continue to um, emulate and just, um, and, and love on these black creatives who are out now like your Issa Rae's, like your Jordan Peele's, your Barry Jenkins, those ones, Ava DuVernay, like these beautiful Black people who are creating these beautiful stories um, and, and, and really showing the world uh, that there is more than one way to be Black and that all of them are okay. Hey, man, I love it. I, I love all of what you just said. Look, you know, I, I think we've been pretty... <clears throat> let's see, we've had a pretty good interview and pretty good regular convo up until this point you could take your professional hat off you could put your just your chill hat on now oh chill hat's always on (laughs) (laughs) it's a double-sided hat right (laughs) all the time hey dorian tell me something man what's going on with your man jesse man because i i'm curious like (laughs) like bro like wild in man i don't even tell me man just overall like your overall thoughts and everything about this whole situation well so first of all i'm careful to make any snap judgments because at this point there's been so much going on with this case i mean for the for those who don't know which i don't know how you would not um jesse smollett um who we all know as an actor on empire and also um part of the smollett family who's all there a lot of them are, are creatives and actors um and have been in great um uh, projects before but um it was reported maybe about probably about two weeks or something now um ago that he was um uh, attacked um assaulted by um two masked men 
um, that were shouting racial slurs and um, that a noose was tied around his neck and bleach was thrown on him. Mm. Um, and then the report saying that they were shouting MAGA as, as they escaped or something like that. Um, and he ended up escaping and driving to the hospital, shaking himself to the hospital. And, and in the photos that were released, he did have uh, marks on him, cuts, bruises, and things like that. So um, when this first happened, there was a, a big uproar, especially um, from um, the Black gay community. Um, and, and I don't want to use uproar, but it was definitely a, a support, like a galvanizing support around Jesse. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of support from different Black celebrities and Black Hollywood around Jesse, rightfully so, with the information that was given. Um, and even me, I made a, a, a tweet about it, um, uh, you know, definitely uh, comforting Jesse because um, I was glad he was alive, but also condemning people who were not kind of like showing support, right? Uh, specifically black uh, straight men. Um, so there was um, a couple days later. Um, so then right after it, I think the, the Chicago police released a, a, the report. Mm -hmm. um, so we're like, oh, like this is like, you know, this is real. This is the police report came out, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so then an investigation kind of came into play and there was rumors saying that the attack might have been uh, uh, not true. Um, then we find out that the um, two people have been apprehended who were potential suspects um, uh, in, in the attack on Jesse. Then we find out th that there are two Nigerian men um, that the had went to Nigeria. The story just has so many layers, man. Yeah. And then, so a bunch of different things started coming out. And I like to give the full story because I like people to see the confusion. So um, then after that, um, uh, there was a rumor, or uh, there, I think at some point in the timeline, Jesse received um, a threatening letter, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. ransom note yeah. sent to Jesse. And I believe this, this was in prior to the attack. But then there was a rumor saying that he was caught in the elevator with the two men. So all that to say, there's been a lot of rumors about what's been going on. And the most recent one is that Jesse staged the attack and rehearsed with these people, um, with these two men that were uh, taken into custody. And um, so with this being said, you have to look at what happened you have to look at politically what's happening and then you have to look at socially what's going on. Mm -hmm. Break so, it down for me. Break it down. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's so many different ways to it. So you have the actual situation. Then you have politically. So then this became like a national conversation because he said that or that someone said that they were shouting mad. So then you have the national conversation of saying this is Trump's fault. This is society kind of reflecting what the... Like what societal the, pressures or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what the president is saying. Um, so you have that political side. Then you have the social political side, which is Okay, so the black gay man's experience, like intersectionality, being black and gay, um, how do you deal with this? Um, you know, with oppression. Then you have you have you have black uh, gay, the black LGBTQ community, and the black heterosexual cisgender, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. community, kind of kind of going at each other for how they're defining what the attack was. Because I remember at first they were like, "No, this is racial. This isn't." about his sex because race comes first and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of just dis, dis um, um, kind of disassociation going on within um, our own community. Cause that's what I'm worried about most, most importantly, our community, um, which is the black community as a whole. Um, and 
the sad thing about this is that if he did, because I know I'm, I'm I'm the type where I'm not gonna I'm at this point I'm not gonna say anything um, until there's an actual proven fact of what happened. But if he did lie about the attack, if this was orchestrated, then this is a huge hit to him, of course, and a huge as it should be, and a huge hit to the black gay community um, because although I do not believe that every black gay man represents the black gay community the world sees it that way just as as we know when you're the only black person at a in a corporation or at a company you represent the black community <laughs> um it's just the way the world works and it's sad that it is that way if he did not lie then we have a big issue with the media and a big issue with the chicago police department and with our own community because now, I've never seen an investigation go on where so many things are being leaked, so uh, many things are being debunked, so many uh, news outlets. I think this is just current, uh, in our current time, where it's like consistent reporting on what's going on as if everything is fact. Um, and and I think we need to take a step back and breathe. I honestly I don't want to see any news reports come out until we get final facts. Right. So there's a final interview, until there's corroborated evidence until we find a way um, to prove what happened because it's literally tearing down our community and no one is able to breathe, take a second and think about what's really going on here. Like what is the, what are the underlying things that we really need to pay attention to? You know, I mean, I agree with what you said and thanks for breaking it down for everybody. I'm that's listen, if you didn't know what was going on, you should know after that, uh, so beautifully put by Mr. Dorian Davis. He broke it down for you just now. So I appreciate you for that. But like, I'm just like, bruh, like, like you said, it's just so much like different information coming out. So you don't know what's truthful, mm-hmm. what's a lie, you know, what's fabricated. And it's just like, okay, the whole leaking situation, like, bruh, like none of, like, I think they, they're leaking stuff so that can play out in the court of public opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, that's how it really seems, but that's how most things are tried nowadays. Yeah. So just which is interesting. And you can't and I think I mentioned this on uh another episode where what happened to being uh innocent to proven guilty, like like it it's basically whoever comes out with the accusation first, they get the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. when he came out and, and rightfully so, like if you've been attacked like slim, like I'm on your side, but then when you start hearing stuff, because I ain't going to lie, and I'm going to keep it a stack with you, because you my man, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. even when I heard it initially, like, it sounded it sounded too detailed, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like, I, I heard it, and of course, I don't, I didn't uh, refute, like, what they said. I was just like, man, that's pretty detailed. Like, they attacked him, they hung a noose around his neck, and had a MAGA hat. Like, slim, like, it just sounded, it sounded staged initially. Um, and then, you know, after hearing certain things, I'm just like, first of all, I was like, I, I was like, well, why would, I mean, I'm like people, gosh, this is going on and on. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm about to say the wrong thing, but I'm just going to say it. No, like, it's okay. I, and, 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 and let me, before you go, that, yeah. we need to be okay to have these conversations yeah. open. And I think we need to be okay with saying the wrong thing and feeling like if it is wrong, we can be corrected or have a dialogue in love, and that's okay. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely think, feel free to say what you want, because I feel like we can always, even if we're wrong, it's okay. We have a chance to be right. So, let's like, make it real. It's a regular conversation. There you go. So, I feel like, you know, people get attacked all the time, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's not a lot of celebrities that get into those situations. Um, but I think 
when somebody does get attacked and then for it to be like they they definitely mentioned those specific details they said uh they called them what they call them um they said it was something about him being gay. I don't know exactly what, the, yeah, what they said. It was, I mean, I know the F word was definitely yeah. used. Um, and then, I mean, of course, nigger and all that and things like that. So I think um, it, so I've been assaulted before. And I think okay. when you know that you've been assaulted, like when you've been through that experience of, as being assaulted based off of um, uh, something that you can't control. So I, I hate crime. So yeah. I was racially assaulted um, when I was in Indiana. And I think until you've been through that, you don't really understand what goes on or how people report. Because I I was assaulted and I reported the next day, and I remembered everything that happened mm-hmm. um, that I could remember that that I did see. I remember explicitly what they called me. I remember um, um, explicitly what was ha- what happened. Um, you know, and I think that um, it's it's hard to tell a true um, a true victim of, of a crime how how to react or how they how they would go about reacting so that's what I'm saying if if it if if it is true of what happened then he I, I will not discredit how he went about um, reporting it or anything like that even about not wanting to speak to it because I did not want to speak to the police the next day because I, I knew people wouldn't believe me because there was no there was no proof there besides what I mean so basically a liquid was thrown on me like a dark liquid after they called me names it was a group of white men who drove by in a car and the only corroborating evidence was the fact that I had something on my jacket the next day and that one of my other uh, groups of friends who were leaving the same bar as me they were um, uh, uh, verbally assaulted as well they were called porch monkey um nigger things like that so um i definitely understand the thought of not wanting to go to the police or or, or going directly there and people question because people questioned me when i um um reported it um there were definitely people who were on my facebook page questioning me saying it wasn't true saying he made it up and all this kind of stuff um oh, so i just say all that to say that um I, I try not to judge how Jesse went about it if it's true. However, if it is not true, I definitely condemn him and and what and 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 what he's going through. And I, and I, and I think that that's very sociopathic to make up getting assaulted or getting yeah, attacked. That's, that's that's and that's kind of my thought process. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, why would anybody go through the trouble of making that up? You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's so many people that have to deal with that. And I appreciate you for sharing your story. You know, so many people that, ha- that have gone through that and that are currently in situations where they're being abused and assaulted and can't speak mm-hmm. up and won't speak up because of situations like this, of being ridiculed and not being believed or your whole uh, story being second-guessed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, what do you have to gain by making this up? Like, like why? Like, so that's kind of my thought. I'm like, when when they said it could be not true, then I automatically flipped to like, well, why would you make something up like this? Like, you should be way smarter yeah. than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and that's why we should be very careful on like jumping the gun, and and because you know we're in this cancel culture right now where we're so quick to cancel people based off the first thing that we hear, and 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 I've been a a, a proponent of it at some point too. So I really always try to, like I said, check myself, collect myself, and just take a breather and say, hey. Let me wait until I hear everything, 
you know, wait until the right voice tells it because anybody can say anything about anyone. So, you know, let me wait a second and I'll, I'll wait till the verdict is given out. And it's funny because like even the memes and stuff like, like the, the memes, memes be funny, but also <laughs> there's an underlying truth right. and an underlying fear in them that we need to address because if we're just so quick to meme everything that could be serious situations, where have we gone as a culture and as a people? Like you think back to 21 Savage, like yeah. all that, like, you know, memes are funny. He admitted they're funny, but there is a lot of truth behind that that we need to discuss. I think we've become de- very desensitized. And I think oh, we, use, we use comedy as a, a, a coping mechanism, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not trying to get philosophical. I, <laughs> it's Speak too early. To a Buddha. Right. <laughs> you know, we try to like definitely use comedy and jokes as a way of coping. Like even all right, perfect example. <clears throat> Think about um I remember when I had a family member die, right? Funeral yeah. the whole funeral was sad. Um, but when we get to the to the house, the family house, everybody's okay. laughing and joking, having a good time. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost like it was a moment where I was like, I forgot that why the, why I came in town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just here laughing and joking with my cousins. You know what I mean? And I forget why I'm here. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing exactly. wrong with joy. Like we'll, we'll we'll make that clear. Exactly. Um, but but you hit on a great point. Um, uh, that we we do these. We have this inside stuff to so much so much stuff. I remember when I lived in New York, I became completely desensitized to homelessness. And I'm like, this is a real issue. And I'm literally walking past these people who might not make it till tomorrow, you know, because we just see it everywhere. We become desensitized to it. Um, and and I think that at some point we have to really check ourselves and pull ourselves away from the phone, from the media, from the news, and really look at ourselves and say, wow, I need to remind myself of humanity. Yeah. And um, and we just need to do that. And and I know that's getting a lot deeper to the to the situation with Jesse, but it it just brings it just brings that to mind of like with all these things going on in our black community. I mean, there's so many jokes about this being the worst Black History Month ever. <laughs> there's been a lot of shit going on, but I think that a lot of it is stuff that we can gloss over and really figure out how 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 do we how do we move forward as a community and how do we um, not let narratives control us. Yeah, man, and I, I just really wish people would stop trying to rush to be first and rush to be yeah. right. Like, just be right about your facts. See, I'm cool with you giving me the right information, even if it's after a certain period of time. Like, it don't have to be the first person. It, you don't have to take the first deal that comes to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you take the right deal. You know, and anybody mm-hmm. will tell you that. If you got two jobs on the table, you weigh the pros and the cons. Just because that first job coming at you quick, oh, I can get you started today. You can work right now. Right. You it's, negotiate, right? You gotta negotiate that salary too. That's what I'm so saying. You ain't getting paid low no more, right? <laughs> the second gig, maybe the gig you really want, may not be mm-hmm. all the bread you want, but you got to take the time away the pros and cons. But if you just come and take the first joint, you say like, like the first word is that okay, that's what it is. Okay, that's what happened. But right. it's not, man. And it's like I just really wish even media and then people in general, like instead of rushing to be first, like just rush to be right. Like right. whatever you say, make it impactful and make it the right information. Because when you when you're loud and wrong, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's a setup for failure, and you starting a lot more than what needs to be done. So I just really wish they would take a back seat and say, "All right, cool, let's look at what happened." Because truth be told, you know, the, we already know the issues with the police. You know what I'm saying? We already know the yeah. issues, but I think they see holes in the story, 
which leads them to believe their point. You know what I mean? Which is why they're coming out and saying it because I think they want to change the narrative off of what everybody thinks it is, where everybody think it's a racial and it's a sexual thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think they want to change the narrative back. Like, hold up, we don't have all this information yet, so this might not even be true. You know what I'm saying? Right. The people coming at them like y'all not doing your job, X, Y, Z, this and a third. But I'm just like, yo, let's just wait and see what happened. Let the, all the information come out and see what's actual, factual. Like you said, if if it did happen, that sucks. Whoever did it, mm-hmm. you know, they need to go to jail and be um you know, be punished for what they've done. But if he didn't, bro, like, that's definitely a black guy, like you said, for the gay community and the black community. And it's like for him, himself, like, like, bro, that's not right. even a good look. Like, that's not even smart, bro. Like, you know, I, I could see, like, a lot of times, you know, you know, we think about crazy ideas, right? We have, like, but but we, a lot of our stuff don't even leave the table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of stuff that I've thought of. And I ain't gonna share today because I don't want to put myself <laughs> in no in no situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be in the right. office or whatever you got going on. <laughs> right. Lawyers so <laughs> on speed. Right, down, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it's stuff that would never leave the table because I haven't even thought past that point. So it's like yeah. if he did make this up, he had to like really, really, you know, put some time and energy and effort into it. And I think with just with his status of where he is. Like, why even go through the trouble of that? You know what I'm saying? If you want to, if you want to, quote unquote, be the gay Tupac, like what he said, like, just say that and just make, do your activism thing. Like, first of all, can we talk about that line? Like, I didn't even understand, like, what he meant by saying that. Yeah, I'm not going to even reference it. Okay. Yeah, I was just like, (laughs) I was like, huh? It definitely, it definitely felt unnecessary. Like, he's one of those people that, like, that line was just one of the things where, like, that's the person that it's the person that everybody knows that says too much. It's mm-hmm. that one person that can give you fact and be good and then they'll say something stupid in the middle of it. You're like, okay, you're just gonna negate everything you just said. But like I didn't get I didn't understand that at all. I but I was yeah. just like, what is like why even go through this trouble? Like, what's going on that if you did set it up, why you had to do it? Which is which leading to really that maybe it's not set up. I don't know. Yeah, I just think I just think we haven't been given a full story. Yeah. And like I said, I'm waiting to hear what happens. And, and and like I said before, I think that this is a lot bigger than Jesse and those two men. This is really bringing up a conversation about, like I said, like because I always like to our community. So the discussions we're having where the entire, you know, not the entire, but people in the black LGBTQ community were saying, all right, we're canceling straight black men because they don't care. And then the black cis straight men saying, well, the whole LGBTQ community is canceled. They need to apologize. This is not on one whole group of people. And I think that we'd be very careful with that because we do a lot of journalization in our, in our generation of saying these people is like, these people are like this. And I think it's just, it's societal because even baby boomers be like all millennials, you know, (laughs) are 15. Like, no, honey, that's not us. Um, And so I think we just have to be careful. And, And I'm just, I'm a very individualistic person. I have to look at the individual and not the group. And I think that we have to really start to do that um, in our own community and stop trying to separate ourselves so much. Um, you we know, more and, like and, that we are different, for real, for real. Yeah, and just and just appreciate that and 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 learn that because I mean, I've, I've had people say straight to my uh, to my face that I'm not a part of um, the Black liberation because I'm a Black gay man. Like that literally makes no sense uh, because Black LGBTQ people are at the front of many. Um, uh, liberation efforts for black people and black women um, are at the front too. 
So I think that, and that's not, and that's not excluding that black men are at the front because we know they're at the front. You know, we know that we've seen them. You know, they become the face of, of of black liberation movements. So why can we acknowledge these other people, these black women, these black um, uh, LGBTQ people that are at the front of these um, movements, um, and stop acting like that's subverting from uh, the black cause? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'll I put a pin on this at this point, but I'm just really waiting to see what facts come out about Jesse and see <laughs> what what really happens because it's going to be interesting because truth be told, this will this can really make some waves and this could like mm-hmm. turn a whole tide of his whole career, um, you know, what, whether factual or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this could really make some waves. And I'm just curious to see what happened. Good. What would you want to say? Yeah, no, I'm saying we may and we may never find out. I think True. we have to be we have to understand that we may never know. Um, just like everything with Trump and Russia, we may never know. Never know. Uh, I, but I his, think you may not even like we may not even want to know all the details. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and with Jesse, his his reputation is kind of already hit. Like, and that's what I'm saying. I'm careful of, of doing saying or condemning anything right now because I mean the media's done it already. He I mean, his reputation is hit. Even if it came out that it was true, people would still probably call him a liar. So at this point, you know, we'll just wait and see. Absolutely. All right, now shifting even further in entertainment. Aunt Monique and Uncle Steve. Auntie. Yeah, aunt. <laughs> auntie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what else? Auntie and aunt. That's what right. Auntie and aunt. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let's uh let's play this clip right here. We're gonna check this out. Give me what you want to say about this. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this is the money, the money game. game. But I, we in the money something. game. And we you cannot sacrifice game. yourself. The we best are. thing you can do for this poor people is not be brother. one of them. You cannot help them We're in the money game. Home. But let me tell you what the game is you before the money game. Like before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, and wait a minute. if wait I a minute. crumble, if you my crumble. children crumble, my grandchildren crumble, I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. There are ways to win the war in a different way. All right, so you you heard him right there. Steve had his comment and was like really talking at Mo about about this whole situation. How do you how do you feel about this? Like all overall, like even this whole interview, because I know you, you watched the whole interview, didn't you? You seen all? Yeah, of it? I watched yeah. the entire interview, both uh, parts to it um, with Steve. Yeah. So so like. Let's just talk about that piece right there where Steve uh, mentioned basically you got to do what you got to do to get your bread, essentially. Like, what do you feel about just that statement alone with him talking to Monique? So um, with that statement alone, I think it's um, just looking at what he said about putting money over integrity. Yeah. I I I know what he's saying. I don't, and the thing is, like, I'm not saying it's right. I know why he's saying it, yeah. and I know why some black people say that. Um, do I agree with it? No, I don't. Um, I've been a person who's always tried to put my integrity before pay. Um, I think that, um, or before like anything, um, whether it's decisions we make or things like that. I think that your integrity is your soul, and your soul is all you have. And if you sell your soul, um, you're no better than anyone else. You like, say you're like so you can say. be bought. Everybody got a price. That's like the million dollar man back in wrestling. He's like, everybody got a price. You know what I'm saying? Everybody Tell me your price. price. You know what I mean? Everybody's a price and they sold. And, and, and I think if we look at context, because my thing is with Steve Harvey, um, and, and, I'll, and I think I'll go into every, like the actual story later okay. um, after I hit this point, 
But so we look at what he said about, you know, putting money kind of over integrity and things like that and talking about, you know, he did it on the basis of his family. You know, he has to provide for his family and his kids. I think he has, I think he has grandkids. Um, yeah, he does. But, but, but yeah, he definitely has kids and things like that. And, I, and I'm just thinking, Steve Harvey, you are worth how much? How many million dollars? Like, you you saying, up. yeah, you saying that that if you stood up for Monique, if you was blackballed today at your age and your career, you wouldn't have lost much, in my opinion, of what I see. And I mean, the dude is hosting like six and... shows, bro. Like, right. Like, literally. Anybody can disagree with me about that if they want. But to me, you wouldn't have lost much. And I know it's all relative because, you know, him losing, you know, what what he thought he would lose if he would have stood up for her is not the same as probably what I thought he would lose. But I'm just saying that as a man, you have to look at uh, Steve Harvey has to look at where he is in his privilege, right? Uh, and 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 check himself because also he was on his show. If you look at the interaction between him and Monique, it was very hard to watch. It was because even though they've known each other for a while, you are on your show, and you cutting her off, holding her like holding her hand, and seeing her expression as the as a black woman. It really kind of sat with me in a very uncomfortable way, and I was talking to some of my uh, black friends, my friends who are black women, and they um, they also felt uncomfortable. They they're like, "How dare he hold her, hold her like that, um, cut her off like that?" When we know that black women are silenced many times, so not only is she being silenced by, um, you know, or, or appears silenced by these other, you know, uh, creators, black creators, but. Sony, she looks at has her brother on his own on his own show, which was an opportunity for her to speak her piece, silences her. So, I think that that um, it just set. I was very uncomfortable with that, and and then and I don't want to go into like the entire background of Steve Harvey and Monique. Um, right. Hold on. Let me stop you real quick. CelebrityNetwork.com states that Steve Harvey is currently worth one hundred and sixty million dollars, and his current salary is forty million. That's per celebritynetwork.com. I don't know how factual this is, but it was the first one I pulled, so we're going to go with that. So, <laughs> so 160, oh, worth, sure which sounds, about, which sounds about right. Yeah, it's probably worth more than that. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to look at yourself in this, in this privilege. And you're, you have regular black folk watching your show. You have to understand that. Yeah. So you're saying to me, as someone who's worth $160 million, yep. that you can't sacrifice your integrity—I mean, that you're going to sacrifice your integrity for money, but that—what am I supposed to do as someone who's not making six figures? You know, not even making six figures. So, it's something uh, where some black people all they have is their integrity, right? So, him saying that to me was very—it um, was not—it was very negative, and I think that also in front of a majority white audience who was who were clapping during mm, the segment. Yeah, that's true. It really, it really made me. It really sat uneasily with me, um, and that's why I think that we need our own stations and own networks and own um, productions and things like that. Because this would have been a great conversation in front of the black community, um, where we're talking or we're looking. Because literally, these white people are watching us in this conversation, this dialogue, and saying, "Yeah, well, Steve said it. Yeah, well, Oprah, you know, everybody said it. Right. So and, it must be factual because Steve said it because he's on on five of my different networks. So Steve said it. It's got to be how it is." <laughs> Exactly. Um, so I think we just have to look at it. And, and, and the thing is, Steve Harvey's done a lot for black people. Um, but there's things I still don't agree with with him. And I think that that's okay. Um, uh, Monique has done amazing things for black people. There's the ways that she's gone about things that I don't agree with either. Right. I've probably done things in my life that if they knew about it, they wouldn't agree with me. So right. it's like, I think it's okay that we disagree. 
Um, but I think it's also, we have to be very careful of how we disagree with each other in front of people who are not a part of us. And, and you know, it's funny because I'm like, you know, if, you know, Steve said, you know, that's, that's his sister, like they're friends. So I'm just curious, right? Like a lot of us aren't the same way that we are at home, that we are out and about. So if mm-hmm. that's the conversation they had on TV, like how, like what was said behind closed doors? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing. And and I would have, so if I was talking to my brother and my sister, I have two, um, and I was sitting down, you know, and, I, and, and they did something I didn't agree with, we would have this conversation behind closed doors when we give out in front of the family, in front of other people, we like this. Right. So I think that it's like, and, and we hear this all the time, and it, it's interesting because there's a way to call people out without degrading them. Um, but then the flip side of it is that, okay, well, we can't stand beside all, all people because, all, like we say, all skin folk ain't your kin folk. <laughs> like, Hello. you know, there were people who got mad at me because I was not supporting Bill Cosby or R. Kelly. I'm like, okay, you think you, uh, you got black people in your family who might not have uh, raped people or, right. or molested people right. because we have to address this because this is, this is in the black community. Let's not act like not almost everybody will have that one older uncle or something who be looking down at the cousin like you know or this somebody is somebody in happens. your family a yes, cousin or something we like have that, to yeah. address it agree it has to be addressed and the, and the more that we continue to sit aside oh well you know well uh this is all a conspiracy to bring down the black man why don't they treat white people like that Harvey Weinstein just got charged as well the per- I think the head of CBS just got charged the head like you can we can name the people who are getting charged and even if they're not I'd be damned if I let black people do these things that we think are bad, even if white people aren't getting uh, a charge for it, because we, and at the same time, we hold ourselves accountable because we know, we know our community. So hell yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, uh, uh, R. Kelly, who was statutorily raping these young women, black women, just raping, I'm going to say statutorily, raping these black women. And we act like, oh, he had great music. So, so the fuck what? I agree. He could have did, did great things because the devil's in the music. Hey, and, and we could talk about it. But he could have did. He could have. He could have cured cancer. Right. You still rape one person. That's a problem. Thanks. And we for, can. And we can. And we can address that. Thanks for your cancer cure, but we're still going to condemn you for the bad stuff you did. Exactly. Like, and 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 even and as far as the music, because I think. I think the cancer is, I mean, I would t- definitely take, still uh, take the cancer cure, but the music, like, oh, I'm yeah, a, no, we right, 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 we, right. We definitely will keep that cure. Right. But I mean, I'm okay not listening to the music, like, and, and I'm going to tell you, whew, and you know, I'm a music head. I'm in the music. I write music. I produce yeah. music. So like going back and listening to some of these lyrics now, I cringe, bro. Like I just, because yeah. I automatically think about at the time where it's, the, you know, early the mid nineties and like, he's writing this stuff and like the stuff that you hear about, he was going, that he was doing, I was like, slim. I don't even want this in my area right now. I don't want this vibe. You married Aaliyah at 15, bro. Slim. 15. She 15. was 15. And yes, this is her parents' fault as well. But people saying, oh, blame the parents. Yes, blame the parents and him. Blame He's still everybody. Blame everybody that allowed that drink to happen. And exactly. all the people that was uh, that was aiding and embedding him, I blame them too, you know? Because like, when do your, like you said, your integrity, when your, when your shit kick in? When, when do you be like, okay, this is enough. Like, this is my limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if, if you're in a, a position to take some money, right? You you may take mm-hmm. a dollar, but if it's a hundred, you might be like, uh, I don't know. I think I can deal with the dollar though. But if you take the whole thing, 
It's like, where your integrity at? And that's probably a bad example. But you know what I mean? Like, where's your line at? And I think those people didn't didn't even get a chance, didn't even reach their line. Like, so how far mm-hmm. were they willing to go to help him out to do his dirt? You know what yeah. I'm saying? After you hear all this stuff that's going on. So it's just like, um, it goes back to, to the whole Stephen Monique thing. Like, like Steve, where is your line? Where is your line that you're going to say, I'm not going to allow y'all to blackball my friend? You know what right. I'm saying? Where is the line where you say, I'm going to step up for you. I'm going to hold you down. And even though I'm worth 160, I can lose 20 if that means you're going to get 10. You know what I'm right. saying? And especially if I'm already to the point. And, and you, Steve should know he in his 60s, bro. He know how long it took for him to get on. And right. that's just like- He was homeless. Exactly. So I know if any time I get an opportunity to help somebody to pull up to the next level, and especially right. somebody that you see is purposely getting blackballed in a situation, like when right. do you step in and be like, nah, I can't let this go down. And Steve is an influencer, bro. He on, on multiple networks, hosting different shows, which is like what used to be unheard of. It used to yeah. be if you work for ABC, you only did stuff on ABC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't do stuff on Fox, on NBC, on cable and stuff like that. He's hosting, he's hosted the NFL Honors Awards. You know what I'm saying? Hosted what, this the Miss, Miss I think yeah. Slim, and called the wrong name out. And it and we made we made a meme and let him go. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like you you an influencer, bro. He could have went to anybody office and said, look, if y'all don't start treating the right, perfect example. And I'm going on top of it. But I saw that story uh, with LeBron help um, help. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Uh, they were they're doing a documentary or they're Brown? doing a movie. Help yeah. Him? Say it again. Was it Tony Brown that he helped? I think with? so. Yeah. Help her help her get more bread. So LeBron stepped up and was like, look, you know what I'm saying? I need her to be making more money. Like, and he's. I don't a, know. That's not what I'm talking about. Maybe it's not. Let me look it up because I want to be. I want to be. Uh, I want to be right. Um, but yeah, like he has to. Uh, he has to, you know. Oh, I said Spencer. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah. think of her name. So he helped her get get the get more bread to do the production. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like and, when you, and that's how it has to be. And I think that we just have to look at and and like I said, you can disagree. Like I kind of disagree with the way she went about it. However, yeah. like I mean, however, it is she's a comedian, so her way of going about things is different than how I would. How and I also look at okay, if you're going to agree with me in private you need to agree with me in public exactly. because you can literally go about to say if i see harvey hey i may not agree with what she said about oprah and tyler and um uh, uh well, i'm forgetting uh empire mm-hmm. um um lee daniels yeah, yeah, yeah um you know i mean i agree with how she said it but there is an issue where women black women specifically are not being paid their worth literally that's the end of the story. There we go. And I think that we're just in such a place where at some point people get afraid to stand up for what's right. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to stay on the other side of the fence and ride the fence until, you know, things calm down. Like now things have calmed down. People kind of forgot about Monique, you know, and, and the whole situation. Right. So now we kind of bring it back up. And now I can say, you know, after berating you kind of on my show, oh, like, no, like, uh, I should have called you. Still didn't know. Hop told you that I was disagreeing with you before I went on stage or said that. Right. So I just think we have to do a better job of that, supporting our own. And we have to remember to give Black women voice their voice and, and allow them to use that um, and recognize that as Black men, yes, we do have a privilege over Black women. So we need to use our privilege to give them opportunities as well. 
I agree. I agree. This was the story. Um, Octavia Spencer revealed at at Sundance, um, that LeBron stepped in on her behalf while working on the show together. She's set to be uh, Madame C.J. Walker, um, in an upcoming series for Netflix that LeBron James is the executive producer. LeBron stepped in yeah. to get her pay, get her equal pay on doing the show, and she's she won an Oscar, fam. Like she, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, mm-hmm. she's like legit. You know what I'm saying? So. LeBron had and has done on great work, has yeah. a huge resume. Exactly. LeBron stepped on her behalf to help her get equal pay. And I think that's where when when uh, when men are in positions where they can help, you know, because, all right, let's, and I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but we got a few minutes left. So you got male privilege, of course, and then you got the white privilege that people talk about. And I think mm-hmm. the main issue with white privilege is that People, the white people use it, and they when they have positions where they can help bring somebody else up, a person of color, they don't use it. They only they're selfish with it. You know what I mean? And that goes mm-hmm. back to the whole thing of even my male privilege. Like if if I'm in a position where I can help somebody out and help pull them up, where I got pulled, I'm gonna really do it. So like with LeBron being able to go out there, a show that he's executive producing, saying, "Look, this joint ain't gonna get made if she don't get what she, you know, if she don't get fair rate." You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the second time it had to happen for Octavia Spencer because I remember Jessica Chastain had to um, help her get five times her salary working on a project. Um, Jessica Chastain, she's a, a white woman. She's a, a, a phenomenal actress. Um, so this isn't the first time she's had to fight or get someone else to help her fight for her to get what she's worth. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I think we definitely need to do a better job at not just not being selfish. Like, Especially when there are positions where you can make an impact, you know what I'm saying? Like even like even this Octavia Spencer story with LeBron like really resonated with me because I hated LeBron for as many yeah. years, but I've only hated LeBron because of sports. <laughs> but LeBron the guy, like LeBron the uh-huh. dude, like that's my man. Like I support him because of what he does, building schools. You know what I'm saying? Being somebody yeah. that's being somebody that's out there in the public eye. And being the antithesis of Michael Jordan, which everybody tried to put them in the same box, but they're exact, they're told completely polar opposites. Where completely different people. Yeah, and, and LeBron wouldn't get caught with half the investments that MJ made. That's a whole other story. But like LeBron is an activist, you know what I'm saying? He don't care. He say what he want to say, and he makes an impact because he knows that the bottom line, he's the he's the driving force behind everything that's going on with the NBA. So what LeBron say goes, and he uses his power for good, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what I really like. So beyond all the basketball about stuff i don't even i could care less um you know as far as him and the best as a basketball player being great player but i could care less as far as like you know the titles and all that but lebron is a man like lebron is a guy like oh i'm all on board for him because he definitely standing for what he believe in and he makes sure that um that he uses his power to to get stuff done so mm-hmm. that's why even even in sports when they were talking about lebron when this to happen i mean he flexing his part hey this my squad. Like I need, I yeah. want AD here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna do what I gotta do. But I mean, I just think we gotta definitely make a conscious effort of like really using our powers to help and really like uplifting each other because that's the only way we're gonna do it. Like, um, I was having a conversation about generational wealth, and like black people don't have any. I mean, let's just call it spade a spade. I mean, a few do, but like, mm-hmm. I, I know some people of other colors that you know what I'm saying. Are set up for years and it was set up before yeah. they even got to this point. And like adulthood is adulthood to teach you a lot about yourself and it teach you a lot about your family members. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Um, so my goal right now is to do enough to to have something for my grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, and that's why I think that. And sorry not to cut you off, but that's where I think the crux of where Steve Harvey's argument was trying to come from. So that's why I'm saying I, I agree with the message or the underlying message. Yeah. I don't agree with the delivery, our, the deli- dual delivery, and also the situation he's giving it in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, generational wealth is just is something widespread in our black community that we're not addressing. Like, I didn't, I was never taught. I don't even taught how to do taxes. You know, I wasn't taught how to apply for loans. Nothing like that. Right. How to use credit. I had to learn it all myself. Um. And, and it's the hard way. Yeah, it's not that our parents are bad parents. It's just not, it's it's, it's just not something that's completely or, or widely taught. Um, and then we have to look at the school systems in the way that that most black people have access to. They teach those in some of those schools, you yeah, know, like all those private schools and things like that, um, or wealthier schools, um, you know, where they teach those things, or where teachers at least have the opportunity to do that because they're not bogged down with everything else, trying to worry about test scores and everything. It's a huge. I mean, it's it's a much broader conversation. But the fact that you're trying, that you're already thinking about the future and your grandchildren and establishing that that wealth for them um, is very important. And we need more uh, Black people to have access to do that and the knowledge to do it. I agree. I agree. Well, y'all listening out there, regular convos. I know the first episode we laughed and joked a lot, but the second one, we had a lot of serious convos that I know a lot of times we just miss out on having like we just choose not to have them and it's cool like we gotta got talk to. about all this stuff like of course we gotta chop it up and like really talk about like what's going on and how we can be uh, how we can affect change and do what we need to do um and we had a few jokes in there it was cool <laughs> a few jokes yeah I mean, I'm, a, I'm a funny nigga right <laughs> right but, but i appreciate you having me bro yeah man of course man of course you know you're a friend of the show uh before we go anything you got left to say Mr. No, Davis. I'm just saying, uh, you know, y'all, Black History Month is about to come to an end, but it don't end on February 28th. You know, we Black 365. Um, and of course, follow Brunch and um, on Instagram at Brunch and Series. Hey, I love it, man. I love it. I so, I'm so glad you came on the show, bro. You know, we're going to get you back on next time. We can chop it up. Uh, but for, na- for now, I'm gone. Once again, it's regular convos. With DH and friends, and tonight's friend was Mr. Dorian Davis. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. Appreciate you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, y'all. Get up out of here.